in the like in the early church, not everybody had a copy of the because because printing had not yet been developed and it cost a lot to be able to like transcript or transcribe the um, the various letters. Okay, so not everybody had a copy. So what they would do is they would gather and the letter would be read to the church, the congregation. So that was how they got their um, the, the word, just by hearing it preached. Hallelujah. By hearing it preached. But look at the impact that it had on them. By hearing the gospel preached, it has such a great impact on them that the Bible says that they went everywhere, they, um, they increased in number, great grace was upon them, just by hearing the word. Hallelujah. So hearing the word is so important. You have, always have to be in a place where you are hearing the gospel. Okay? Even in the, um, the, the Old Testament, how did God communicate with the people? He communicated to them via the preaching, the preaching of the gospel. Somebody had to go and tell them. Moses went and told the Israelites that the God of your fathers has heard your cry, he has seen your tears, and he has sent him to come and do what? Deliver you. The Bible says that, and the people bowed and worshipped. When they heard that God was concerned for them, they bowed and worshipped. So that was how the good news was communicated. So, hearing is so vital. The Bible talks about Jesus. He said that the people came from afar to hear him and to be healed. So they came to hear so that they'll be healed. So, you can receive your healing by hearing. Hallelujah. By hearing. He talks about a time where he was in the synagogue and he said that in the, in the gallery there was a woman who couldn't stand up straight. And he called her to himself. And what did he do? He said, daughter, you are loosed from your infirmity. So again, just by hearing words, she was liberated. Amen. The Bible talks about Paul, where he was preaching at Antioch. And it says that at, um, there, was, there was a certain man who, actually at Lystra, it says that Paul was preaching the gospel. And as he preached, this man kept hearing him. He kept hearing Paul until Paul perceived that the man had what? Faith to be healed. And if you look at the, the construction in the New Testament, it says that he kept hearing Paul preach. He kept hearing. Which means that if it was a several days program, like every day, this man, somebody would bring him to the meeting and he would sit there and listen. And it could be day one, two, three, four, five, until faith was built up in his heart. Hallelujah. And immediately Paul said to him, stand upright on your feet. And the Bible says that the man leapt and stood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this is so um, vital. And I, I want us to pay attention to hearing the, the word. It's, it's especially when the word of God comes in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It, it just, it's just amazing. Glory to God. It's just amazing. Hearing the word can transform you so much. So the other day, um, I was speaking with my mother on the phone and then she said, oh, getting to the end of the conversation, she said, there was something that had been happening to her and um, she would begin to walk and suddenly she would have sudden pain in the knees and she would have to sit. So I said, okay, so what did you do when you began to experience these symptoms? Did you rebuke, did you rebuke it immediately? She said, no. I said, okay, so that's why we, we read it from um, the scriptures, and that's what we've been building our life on the way. And that's when Kenneth Hagin talks about it. So I said, this is what you should do. You take the way that you know, and you put it, you practice it. 
So I took her head in the way and then I said, okay. So now put your hand over the place and say this with me. So I let her to say what I wanted to say. And then I rebuked that thing and that was the end of it. Hallelujah. A couple of days later, she had an experience again. It was gone immediately after. Why? Because there's power in the way. But look at how you could be going through this thing and you don't respond to it. The, the, the first time you feel that thing your body says, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to allow this thing. Okay, so you rebuke it. That knowledge, knowledge of the word, that will bring whatever it is. Application of the knowledge of the word that is supposed to bring the, the, the changes that you want, you want to see. So hearing the word is critical. Amen. Hearing the word of God is critical. And that's why what the enemy tries to do is to distract you from hearing. To distract you from hearing. Or to get you into a place where you are so used to natural like um, remedies that like the supernatural doesn't come to you naturally anymore. Because you are used to like engaging natural remedies. Okay? You have a little problem before your uncle Jimmy. You have a little problem before your auntie. You know, like there's and it builds you up to a point where it's it's no longer in your, your, your nature to actually engage the supernatural first. But it's a very important thing to always engage the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. And the word of God will always work. So, the Bible talks about Abraham. And last week, I said that faith is not like um, you've been dealt the measure of faith, right? And then that was the, the previous week. And last week, I said, I remember that you stand righteous. Okay, that's why I was asking if you had questions because I know that the, the Bible talks about the word of righteousness, okay? It's actually the doctrine of righteousness. Paul, in the book of Hebrews, talks about the person who uses milk, okay? In Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 12. He talks about the person who uses milk. And he said that this person who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, okay? He says that the person is unskillful in the word of righteousness or the doctrine of righteousness. What is he talking about? There's a doctrine of righteousness. And he said that this person who uses milk, okay, is unskillful in the word of righteousness because he's a babe. He said that that person is a babe. Now, the babe there means that the person who has not learned how to talk. The person has not learned how to talk. The Greek is nepios. It means the person does not know how to speak. He said that the person who keeps using milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, when he talks about being skillful in the word of righteousness, He's talking about um, swordsmanship. Swordsmanship. Okay, how you'd say that somebody is a skillful swordsman. Okay? He says that the person who is a babe in Christ is not skilled in using the word of righteousness. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that person is not skilled in using the word of righteousness. So the person is what? It's a babe. But then he says strong meat belongs to them that are of age. Who by reason of use have exercised the senses to discern between good and evil. So there's a growth in Christ also where you are fed on the word, okay? Where you are fed on the word and it makes you develop. And one of the key, the cardinal signs of spiritual development is what? The word, how you can use the word of righteousness. Amen. I was with someone some years ago and then. She had this issue and that issue and, that and like a number of things. So I said, okay, um, I, you are active in the choir, you do this and that and everything, but 
you are lacking when it comes to the word. So she tried to argue, and I said, all right, so let, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, because you can't, like this one says, I'm a very mature Christian. The other one says, it's also a very mature. So let, <laughs> the word must tell us whether you are mature or not. Amen. It's the word of God that must tell us. Do, do you realize that? Because if you are, um, even if some of the plants and all that, that are crops, if they are ready for harvesting, okay, Normally, you just use your eye, okay? But now, there are, like, scientific gadgets that can actually, as, as, as say, they can, they, can, they can look at it, com- compile a number of data, and tell you that this particular watermelon is ready. Do, do you see that? And that's a more objective assessment. Do you agree? Haven't you ever bought some fruit you thought was ripe, and you found out that it wasn't, or that it was not even good for eating? Do you see that? So we have to look at what the scripture says. So I said, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 and read it. It says that, um, leaving the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ. He said, let us go on to maturity, he said. Then he said, not laying again the doctrine of, one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith towards God. Number three, of baptisms, okay? Number four, laying on of hands, okay? And then he talks about eternal judgment, Okay, and it talks about resurrection of the dead, actually resurrection of the dead, and then eternal judgment. So this is a sixfold. Um, it talks about this this half dozen doctrine, and it says that it is the basic doctrine of Christ. So I said these six things. Let's find out which of them you've mastered. So the first one it said of repentance from dead works, and I said they clobbered you with that. So we are going to pass on that. I'm sure every time they say you should repent of something. So. Um, let's even assume that you are, you, are, you are repenting correctly. But he said, not, he said, repentance from dead works. Now, it didn't say repentance from sin. He said, repentance from dead works. Now, what is dead works? The Bible refers to dead works as the works of the law or the works of the flesh. Okay, that's what it's talking about as dead works. Dead works are when people are trying to earn their justification. Okay, trying to obey the law. That's what the scripture talks about as dead works. You can do your research and find out where else the Bible talks about dead works. Hallelujah. So, he said repentance from dead works. It means what? Cease from your own labor. That this week you've been good, so like God is happy. The other week weren't so good, so God wasn't happy. He said repentance from dead works. It means change your mind. Changing your mind about dead works. Then he says of faith towards God. There's a, there's a word of faith. Paul said the word of faith which we preach. Okay? There's a word of faith. It's called the, the, the word of faith. And it's not... There's a, I've, I've thought on the word of faith for quite a period of time. And even every time... This is the gospel. It's the word of faith. The gospel should bring faith into your heart. The, the gospel should cause you to increase in faith. Hallelujah. It's, when you hear it, if it's the word of God, faith must come. Faith must come. If you hear it and faith doesn't come, then it's not the word of God. Because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So by the time you've listened to me for a period, your faith level has to increase. If you listen, glory to God. If you listen, your faith must go up. So faith comes what? By hearing. So I said, let's talk about faith. What is faith? Let's go. So after you've exhausted that, the subject of faith is so vast that you can't even exhaust it. It's, it's, it's huge until we get to heaven. Hallelujah. So we can't even exhaust that. So definitely, 
I know you I said you definitely don't understand the word of faith. It's like so so on that score you don't really um know much. Hallelujah. Then it talks about of what? Baptisms. And I said, How many types of baptism do you know? Water baptism maybe because you've been baptized in water. But do you know the number of baptisms that the Bible talks about? There's another baptism. It says that by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. The first baptism is when you become born again. That baptism is done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It takes you and adds you to the body of Christ. That's baptism, number one. Then now that you are a member of the body of Christ, Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. That's baptism number two. So, but the only one you know is what? Baptism in water. Do you see that? So when we went through the six, the person understood that you need the, you actually hear the word so that you can grow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's, the, the scripture is the syllabus. So you can actually tell whether you're making progress in what you are hearing or you're not making progress. And I'm talking about making progress that you can actually like skillfully use the gospel. Skillfully use the word. Amen. So you become a, 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 a skillful swordsman. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's always wonderful to find people who are skillful in something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It, if you like, um, it was like there was this guy, I think it was called Eli something, he was a Jew. And um, he had gone to, first he was in the Israeli um, defense forces. As a, as a fighter pilot, young chap, so maybe about 22 or whatever around that time. So he was a fighter pilot and they were going to launch a raid into Baghdad. Were, at that time, Saddam Hussein was building a nuclear reactor in Baghdad. So they, the Israelis got to know of it and they decided to take it out. So they were rehearsing. They had just bought the F-16 planes from the US. So they were modified a little bit for their use. So they were rehearsing. So so this guy came like very like excited and everything and young guy like you know smart guy smart, smart guy so he came onto the field and then the, 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 his commander said that like um he was concerned the commander was trying to like you know groom them make them ready for the mission because it was a very dangerous mission they were going to downtown baghdad to go and bomb that thing and come back so the guy said just told the um the, the commander that yeah um he said don't worry he said they can't stop us from coming from going. He said that we may not come back, but they will not stop us from going there and getting the job done. And then he said something. He looked at the, the, the plane. They were flying like, um, like tests. Okay, they'll go onto the sea, the same distance that, so like they were simulating the thing, but you don't simulate by going where you are actually going to go. Amen. So then the gentleman says that if they went and came back, the, the plane will run out of fuel about 400 meters short of the runway. Like, okay, but like if they return. And when they checked, the guy was right. You see, that's somebody who understood what he was about. So they understood, so they had to make some changes. It's interesting, isn't it? So the Bible wants us to become skillful with the word. Hallelujah. And it's, it's attainable. Amen. Later on, he went on to become a, um, an astronaut. He was um, on board the U.S. 
um, mission that the one that exploded, so he died. Like you know, they, they took off and then the plane, the the aircraft, the spacecraft exploded. Okay, that was a, a disaster. But yeah, that's that's this guy. So very sharp person. God wants you to be someone who is skillful with the gospel. Hallelujah. He wants us to be skillful. And then we, I said that for a child of God, faith is not faith is not something that you don't have. Amen. It, it's not something that you don't have. You have faith. Say I have faith. Say I'm born again. Say faith got me born again. So I have faith. Say I'm not looking for faith. Faith came when I was born again. My faith works. Hallelujah. You see, so you have faith. You're, you don't, you're, you're not someone who does not have faith. You're not someone who lacks faith. You have faith. Now, what is important then? Now that you have faith, what is important? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1. It says, I want you to see it in your own Bible so that you know that it's actually in there. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, right? Any of you should seem to come short of it. What is he saying? He said, let us, it's, it's a warning. It's warning the congregation. He says that, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seek, to, should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Hallelujah. You see that? He said that, let us fear lest what? A promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Then he says, the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them. Which people was the gospel preached to? Talking about the Jews, right? The Israelites and then other people who didn't inherit. He said that the gospel was preached to them as well as unto us. But the gospel that was preached to them didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So these guys heard it, but they didn't mix it with faith. What does it mean to mix it with faith? Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 verse 3. Romans chapter 4 verse 3. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God. Hallelujah. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. The word they counted is an accounting term. It's logizomai. It means to credit. Okay? To credit into his account. Logizomai. Right? It's, um, it was credited to his account for righteousness. Abraham believed in the Lord. And it was credited into um, his account. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 from verse 3. That's what we are reading now. Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is counted for righteousness. He said that if, he said if you work, you get paid. But if you don't work, 
but you are believing on the person who justifies the what ungodly. You justify the, you believe the the one who justifies the um, the one that has not work. The reward is not reckoned of grace but of death. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is counted for righteousness. The guy who doesn't work, but simply believes on the one who justifies the ungodly. So God justifies the ungodly. Amen. It says that that person's faith is counted for righteousness. So there's a guy who is not believing in his own effort, but simply believing in God's goodness. And it says that that person's faith is counted for what? Righteousness. Okay. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 from verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit. He ministers to you the Spirit. And worketh miracles among you. Doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. By the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith. How is God going to justify the hidden? Through faith. Do you see that? Preached before the gospel unto Abraham. So we are talking about preaching the gospel again. It says the gospel was preached to Abraham saying, Indeed shall all nations be blessed. So God preached this gospel to Abraham. He says that that was the gospel. Hallelujah. So the gospel to Abraham was in you shall all nations be blessed. Can you imagine? And Abraham believed that and became righteous. So if, if, if whatever gospel you are preaching today must line up with what the Bible refers to as gospel, God didn't go to Abraham with Abraham's sins. He went to Abraham with good news. And he said that, Abraham, in you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That was the gospel that was preached to Abraham. Hallelujah. It's, it's super, isn't it? Alright. So, and it says that Abraham didn't work. Abraham did not work. He believed on the one who justified the ungodly. Hallelujah. He believed on the one who justified the ungodly. Abraham didn't work. He believed on the one who justified the ungodly. Glory to God. Say, he believed on the one who justified the ungodly. Glory to God. So Abraham believed on the one who justified the ungodly. Okay? He believed on the one who justified the ungodly. He, didn't, he wasn't working it out. He wasn't trying to work it out. In fact, we are not even told whether Abraham was a good man or not a good man. Do you realize that? The Bible does not tell us whether Abraham was a good man or he was not a good man. It's like Joseph, you know. He says the Lord was with him. And then people try to spin it. And then they say, oh, because he was very diligent. Because, like, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. I'm sure he was <laughs> diligent, but the Bible does not even say anything about Look, if you're a slave, you will be diligent. <laughs> do, do you realize that? Oh, yes. There's not like a lazy slave. You will be diligent. You will be hardworking. Slavery is hard work. Do you get the point? So, it was not a factor. Hallelujah. It's like Mary, you know. She had to be a virgin. Because what did they do to those who were not in? They stoned them to death. 
Do you get what is happening here? So it had nothing to do with her being a virgin. It had nothing to do with Joseph being hardworking. It had nothing to do with Abraham being a good man. It was God. Hallelujah. Are you, with, are you flowing? Yeah, so we have to put the right things in perspective. The Bible was talking about God's goodness, not about these people's goodness. Because if we should actually look at them, you will find that they weren't all that perfect, naturally speaking. Hallelujah. Okay. So now it says that Abraham believed that gospel. But we are told that he didn't work. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 15 and look at what is actually happening here. Genesis chapter 15 from verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to who? Abraham. Genesis 15 verse 4. The word of the Lord came to him unto him saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said. So, Abraham had been, you know when he was called in chapter 12, God gave him this good news. But he, he went as God told him, but we're not told that he believed or whatever. Like, okay, so he was used to diff- something different. But what happened here in chapter 15 of Genesis is that Abraham's cousin, Lot, had become a prisoner of war in chapter um, 14. Okay. Um, he went to sit in front of the gate at Sodom and Gomorrah and he got captured. So they captured him and took him away. And someone came and told um, Abraham that your cousin, we saw him at Guantanamo. He is being held there as a captive. So Abraham mobilized his servants in his house, 380 that was born in his house, and went after the, the kings and he defeated them. So when he defeated them, Melchizedek came and met Abraham. And the Bible says that he was priest of the Most High God. And Melchizedek brought forth what? Bread and wine. Okay? Melchizedek brought forth bread and wine. The communion. Now, Abraham responded by giving Melchizedek tithe. Okay? Abraham tied to Melchizedek. That's where it, the, um, we, we, it, the, Bible, the Bible says that he tied. So he gave him a tenth of all. And then Melchizedek pronounced a blessing upon Abraham. Something is happening here. Shortly after that, the king of Sodom came and said, Keep the goods, but give me the people. He needed to keep his political power. You know, without the people, he cannot be king, right? He, had, he could only be king if he had people to rule over. So he said, You keep the, the items and then give me the people. Abraham said, no, I have lifted up my hand to the Most High God. What did he mean by I have lifted up my hand? He was talking about tithe. He had tied to the Most High God. And he, said that, he said, I have sworn that word. I will not take even a shoelace from you. So that you would never be able to say that you have made Abraham rich. Hallelujah. So do you think that Abraham expected him, that he, would, he himself would be a poor man or a rich man? With that kind of talk. What do you think? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Abraham said that. He said, I have sworn that I'm not going to take anything from you. So he, he sent him away with everything. In chapter 15, Abraham, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Okay? The word of the Lord came to Abraham. The Bible says that God said to Abraham, 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 I'm your shield 
and your exceeding great reward. He said, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So, Abraham was probably, like, you know, ruminating of, on all that had happened over the, the, period, the, the previous days and um, the word of the Lord came to him. Sometimes it can be like that. Maybe you're thinking and the word of God will come to you. Hallelujah. So the word of God came to Abraham. When the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, I am your shield and your exceeding reward, Abraham said, what will you give me? There was one thing that was important to Abraham, you know. He wanted to have his own children. And so he said, what will you give me? He said that, look, this Eliezer of Damascus was going to be his heir. He said that to him, God had not given any child. And one born in his house was going to inherit him. And God said, no, 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 no. The guy born in your house is not going to inherit you. One born from your own loins is going to inherit you. Hallelujah. Now, look at the way that Abraham was looking at these things, okay? Abraham wasn't saying that I want a child to come and take care of me. Was that what Abraham said? Look at, look at it, look at it. Like, did Abraham say, I'm looking for a child to take care of me? What was Abraham's reason for, for, for wanting a son? To inherit him. He wanted somebody who could give all that he had to. Hallelujah. That's the father's, that is how the father was also thinking when he sent Jesus to come and bring us into the, the fold. That all that he has, he wants to have children that can inherit him. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. And then he says that, verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. Amen. He shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad. God brought him out of the, the, the tent. God brought Abraham out of the tent. He said, what you are looking at is different. I want to show you something else. He brought him out of the tent and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you will be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. He said, I want you to number the stars. And it's not just the same as counting the stars. Like the Bible says that the, the, the hair on your head, the very hair on your head is numbered. He didn't say that it's counted. It's numbered, okay? Numbered, for example, when, we, when you are talking about a football team, the players are numbered. It's different from they are counted, okay? If they are counted, any 11 can go and play. But no, there's a position. Number two is here, number three is here, number four is here, number one is here. So everybody has his position. Hallelujah. So when he says that they are numbered, he says that can you... Can you really number the stars? Because that's God actually numbers the stars, you know. This one is in this position and it's in this orbit and it's not going to move out of orbit. So he was telling Abraham that, see if you can number these things. And he said that, and he told him something. He said that, so shall your seed be. So this was good news. To a man who didn't have a child, this was good news. Because God said that, that's how your seed are going to be. Your own seed, not another seed, not adopted seed, your own seed. Hallelujah. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So the Bible says that when God gave this good news to Abraham, what did Abraham do? Abraham believed. Say with me, Abraham believed. Abraham believed. 
All right. Now let's go to Numbers chapter 14 because the Bible says that unto us as well as unto them there was the gospel preached, right? But the word that was preached didn't benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. So now we've talked about Abraham and he said he believed. And he believed and God credited it to him for righteousness. Now let's look at the other group. Numbers chapter 14. Here's what happened in Numbers chapter 13. The people came to Moses. Okay. Actually, it said that um, God told Moses, but when you go to Deuteronomy, Moses said it was the people. It was not God. The people came to Moses and said, you know, we've been hearing about this land and how good it is and everything, but we would like to go and have a look. We would like some people to go and represent us. Go and have a look and bring us a report. What a committee. The, you know, the committee thing didn't start today. They, they also wanted a committee back then. Hallelujah. So they said that we want a committee to go and, and find out about the land and, and, and come and tell us whether the land is good or not. So Moses went to God about it. And God said, yes, listen to them. Send the people. So the Bible says that he chose 12 princes. Each of them was a leader of the tribe. Joshua from the tribe of Ephraim, Caleb from the tribe of Judah, and the rest from all over. These guys were all princes. They were princes. Say princes. So they were leaders, okay? So they formed this 12-member committee, and they went into the land and spied it out. The Bible says that the land was so rich and blessed that when they took a whole cluster of grapes, two of them had to strap it to a pole and carry it between them. That's how heavy it was. Okay, that's how big the grapes were. So they brought the things to the people. They brought it back after 40 days. And here's what happened. It says that hmm, the the, the, the 12-member committee, 10 of them said that the land is good indeed. Milk and honey, yes. But the people in the land are very big. They are giants. And the land is swallowing the inhabitants. And we look like they look like grasshoppers in their own eyes. And the giants also saw them as grasshoppers, they said. They said they are not able to. And they said that we've now found out why God has brought us here. They said to kill us, they said. God and Moses conspired to kill us in the wilderness. They said, let us appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then the Bible says, Caleb silenced the people. And he said that their strength is departed from them. The Lord is with us. Let us go up at once and take the land. And he says that the land is exceedingly good. It actually in the Hebrew is the same word. Good, 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 good. The land is a good, 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 good land. Hallelujah. And then the people responded and said, No, let us stone Joshua and Caleb for bringing the good news. Let us stone them. You know, it's like today. Some people want to stone those who preach the good news. Why can we be telling people that God is good and all that? So they stone by typing and all kinds of things. But they wanted to stone these people with stones. So here's what happened. Verse 6 of Numbers chapter 14. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. By the way, some time ago, when I started to, I was preaching about... Um, divine health and all those things. There was a young lady. And then she, um, I didn't even know that she was offended by what I was teaching. And then, um, Rachel's met her some time ago, and um, she said, Dr. Paul just hijacked when all his teaching the people is how they can be healthy and, and all this and wealthy and all those things. So, he couldn't, he gave her a lift, he couldn't convince her otherwise. The last time I heard she was sick and was actually at the point of death at the, at the hospital. 
You know, because she was fighting the gospel, I'm not saying God was the one punishing. I'm just saying that, you see, how, if you are opposing the gospel, I'm telling you that you don't have to be sick and you can be well and you are fighting it. What are you, why do you want to play the devil's advocate? Why? What is the reason? Why must you defend the right to be sick? It doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's just by the way. That's just, that, that's just by the way. And then it says that, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land. So look at this committee of twelve. They all went and searched the land. They were all together, okay, for 40 days. And yet, two of them had a different opinion. Which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search is an exceedingly good land. I said it's all good, 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 good. If the Lord delights in us, or actually the expression is, since the Lord delights in us, we, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land. Neither fear ye the people of the land. You know, in the book of Judges, when, um, what's the name? Gideon went to hide himself and was threshing the, the corn, the wheat, the angel appeared and said that, I am the Lord. Say unto this boy, say that, which brought you people out of Egypt to inherit the land. And I said unto you, do not fear the inhabitants of the land and do not serve their gods. He said that God said, I said to you guys, don't fear them. He said, but ye would not. But ye would not. You see? He said, but ye would not. He said, I told you guys, don't fear these people, but ye would not. Now, it says that the Lord delights in us. He will bring us into the land, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Hallelujah. He says they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. It says that the people said, let's stone these two. Okay. So what's the difference between these two people? Look at what God said. Look at what God said. Verse 11. Genesis, um, Numbers chapter 14, verse 11. Look at what God said. He said, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people Provoke me, and how long will it be before they believe me for all the signs which I have showed amongst them? Okay, so this is what God is saying. He said, How long will this will provoke me, and how long before they believe me? All these signs that I've shown among them since they left Egypt, how long before they believe me? So look at the difference, okay? The Bible says, Abraham believed in the Lord, he credited it to him for righteousness. God is saying, How long before this will believe me? And the scripture is telling us in Hebrews chapter 4 that the gospel that was preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Now, when it says that it was not mixed with faith, it means that the people did not what? Believe. And I said, how do you mix it with faith? You mix it with faith the same way that Abraham did. Verse 6 of Genesis chapter 15, again. It says that, and Abraham believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, the word therefore believed. Abraham believed. Is the Hebrew word Amen. Okay? It's the verb form of Amen. 
Okay? It's the verb form of what? Amen. So it is Abraham, a man, God. So Abraham said amen to God. Now verse 11 of Numbers chapter 14, when God said, how long before they believe me, is the same Hebrew word, amen. Amen, meaning the verb form. God is saying, how long before they say amen. So that was all that they were supposed to do. They hear the good news and they say amen. amen. And he said that, God said that that was all that it would take, but they didn't, so they couldn't possess. And so, if you understand this, that is how you mix the word with faith, by responding and saying amen. You remember um, Mary, when the angel said, no word from God shall be without power. And he says that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, the power of the highest shall overshadow you, therefore that holy thing that shall be born of you shall be called the son of the highest. And then he says that even your cousin Elizabeth, six months pregnant already, and she that was called barren is with child. Hallelujah. What did Mary say? Let it be unto your handmaiden according to your word. And, it's, and then what did the, the Elizabeth say when Mary went to visit? She said that, blessed is she that believed, because there shall be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her. Hallelujah. So how did she become blessed? By believing. Simply by saying amen. Say, let it be unto me. Hallelujah. So that was all that happened. And once Abraham said amen, the Bible says that by that amen, he became righteous. God declared him righteous for saying amen. And that is how he became heir of the whole world. By saying amen. Hallelujah. And so that's how you mix it. You know, because something I was saying is that he said that the word was not mixed with faith. And yet we know that it's of faith and not of works. So what exactly is this mixing with faith? Glory to God. And as I meditated on this and fed on this, that's how the Spirit of the Lord showed me. And it says that you mix the word with faith when you say Amen. When you say Amen to what God has said. Glory to God. Whether it is the word that was preached to you, or the word that you have spoken to yourself, when you hear it, what do you say? Amen. amen. You say amen. And you have to learn it. You have to learn it. Some people don't know it. For example, maybe sometimes I see somebody and I say, if I say to you that God bless you, it's not something that I use randomly or whatever it is, okay? They, they, there's, there should be a response. Do you understand? There should be a response. And your response is to receive it. Your response is to receive the blessing. Amen. Amen. But some people are so busy. Don't be so busy. Like, so busy to give an answer. Or so busy to, like, you know, you receive. Do you, do you get what I'm talking about? Be in a place where you can just receive the word. And you can simply say what? Amen. Amen. And say that just by saying amen to the word of God, Abraham became heir of the whole world. That's why I said that the word that was preached. But the Israelites, they didn't say Amen. In fact, there was a time when they pronounced the blessings that let all the people say Amen. When David was even praying for his son, he said, let the people say what? Amen. There's something about it because there's a pronouncement of the blessing and as the blessing is pronounced, what happens? Let the people say what? Amen. Hallelujah. And that is how you inherit the promises of God. It's really that simple. Amen. You know, so, you, from now, 
your amen has become different. You are not saying amen like the religious people. When you say amen, you mean amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You, you know what you mean. And you are getting results. Because your amen is different. It's not a religious amen. Praise the Lord. That's why you have, usually have to be careful with what you say amen to. You know, I, 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 one of the things that I used to wonder, like, why was it, why does it make me uncomfortable? That sometimes when people say that, every prophecy, may every prophecy be fulfilled in your life. Or let every word of God be fulfilled in your life. I've never been comfortable with that, with that, with that, with that statement, okay? So usually when I'm responding, I say, every good word of God. Every good word of God. Say, what's the difference? Do you want to know what the difference is? How many of you want to know what the difference is? If you don't want to know, then let me continue. How many of you want to know what the difference is? You want to know what the difference is? Between just like every word of God and every good word of God? Does it mean that some word of God... Do you remember in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gave parables to the people. He said, the parable of the sower. He said, the sower went out to sow. Some fell among thorns. Some fell on rocky ground. Some fell by the wayside. And then those that fell among tongues, the tongues choked the word. Those that fell on, on rocks sprang up immediately, but the withered under the sun. And those that fell by the wayside were picked up by the birds. And then he said that, but some fell on good ground and grew and bore fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. The Bible says that the disciples came to Jesus afterward and said, Master, why do you always speak to the people in parables? The Bible says every time Jesus would speak to the people in parables. It wasn't because he was a philosopher. There was a reason. Jesus told the disciples, he said, because to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those people, it is not given. He said, that is why I speak to them in parables, so that even though they hear, they will not understand. Hallelujah. He said, because in them, he said, it fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. saying, these people's eyes, they have shut. Their ears, they have closed down. And their heart is covered with gross, dross, so that seeing, they will see, but they will not perceive. Hearing, they will hear, but they will not understand. Lest at any time, they should see with their eyes, hear with their heart, with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and I should heal them. I should heal them. So what is he talking about? These people, he said, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in their lives. Do you see what is happening here? So there's a word of God that has been fulfilled in their lives. Was it a good word of God that was being fulfilled in their life? Absolutely not. So when any time, for example, that maybe I go and preach or you preach or you tell somebody good news and the person does not believe, the prophecy is being fulfilled. Do you realize that? The word of God is being fulfilled in their lives. But in your life, you want the good word of God. That's why even in Hebrews, it talks about those who have handled the good word of God. It's, it's a, there has to be a good word of God. Amen. So just to say, like, at a certain level, it doesn't mean anything. But at a certain level, it matters. To say, let all, every word be fulfilled in your life. That is serious. Because the word of God is, is, is vast. There's the good, there's the good part, and there's a part that you don't want. Hallelujah. Everybody on earth is going to, scripture will fulfill in everybody's life. Do you agree with what I'm talking about? Yeah, those who go to hell, it's also scripture. They also fulfill the scripture. So when you talk about you responding to the word, I talk about you responding to the word of God, that actually is good. Hallelujah. When you respond to that and you say, Amen, the Bible says that what? You receive what the word of God has said. Glory to God. So that's it. So I want this evening, so you've learned that. That's how you mix the word with what? With faith. You mix the word with faith. 
With what? With your amen. Amen. With your amen. Glory to God. You mix the word with faith with what? Amen. Hallelujah. So you can actually even take the word, read it out, and just say to yourself, Isn't that glorious? Yes, it's glorious. So that's why I say that we are, they which are of faith are of what? They are of the same faith of Abraham. They which are of faith are of faithful Abraham. Those that are of faith, those who are of faith, those of us who believe, we are like what? Abraham. Abraham's faith. How did he have that faith? He had that faith just by responding to the word of God. The word of God came to him and he said what? Amen. There was nothing else for Abraham to do. He just received it and said what? Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is what the Amen is when it's a subscription for ending the prayer I know. Amen. Amen is a response. Hallelujah. This is, is this Amen that brought Abraham into righteousness. It's a powerful way. Glory to God. And you see, that's why it is preserved throughout the scriptures. It's there. Amen. 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 And even the epistles, amen, the word amen is used. It's so powerful. It's like the word Abba, you know, that is not translated in the Greek. It's a Hebrew word, but it's, 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 it maintains Abba, Father, Abba, hallelujah. Why is it important? Why is Abba, Father important? Because you could have said Father, but there are good fathers and there are bad fathers. Do you realize that? And some people are not used to a good, having a good father. So if they said God is your father, and has given a spirit of adoption whereby you cry what father no he said abba he's talking about the kind of father he's, talk- he's referring to the kind of father that is good gentle kind hallelujah that's the kind of father he's talking about so that word is abba is preserved so that when you hear it you know exactly what he's talking about amen amen, amen. hallelujah like hallelujah also glory amen so I want you to um, stand your feet and I want you to um, pray. The word of God is good. Say the word of God is good. Say the word of God works. It's working for me. Yes. Say, I know how to receive. Say, I receive by saying amen. Say, my amen activates the word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is it. That's how Abraham mixed the word with faith. That was all. God spoke to him and he said, Amen. Then later on he was asking that, okay, so how will I know that I'm going to... But this was after he had said, Amen. Amen. Yeah. This was after he had said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now he wanted a plan after he said, Amen. But he said, Amen first. Amen. Okay. So, maybe, and God told Moses and Aaron, you know, how to bless the people. And so, the people were supposed to be blessed. And they were going to say amen to that. Hallelujah. Yeah. He said amen to the blessing. To the Lord bless you and keep you. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord make his face shine upon you. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. He said that this is how you bless the people. So when you hear the word of God like that, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. 
Declare that you are blessed. Just make your declaration. Declare that you are blessed. That the blessing of the Lord is upon you. The good word of God spoken over you is coming to pass. The good word of God. Caleb preached the gospel. He said, Their strength is departed, but the Lord is with us. The moment he said that, the people had to respond and say, Amen. Amen. And they would receive. And they would receive. And they would receive. They would receive. They would receive the blessing. 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 To receive the blessing. You receive the blessing. You receive the blessing. You receive the blessing. In the name of Jesus. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing of the Lord. 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 The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. Thank you, Father. For the blessing, 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 the blessing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Makaba sandalabaya. Ledebo sandalabagalabaya. Liba baba 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 satalabaya. Lidaba sandalabagalabaya. Ledebo satalabagalabaya. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. Makolaba sandalabagalabaya. Ledebo satala bakalabaya, leba satala mandatabaye, mando lebe satala bakabaya, liba satala bakalaba ola bakalabaya, ola basandala bakalabaye, mandelebo satakalabaya, leba basatala bakalabaya, leba basatala bakalabaya, mandelebe kalabaya, leba baba basatala bakalabaya, mandelebo satala bakalabaya. Mandelebo satala bakalabaya, leba baba satala bakalabaya, mandala bakalabaya, leba baba satala bakalabaya, leba basatala bakalabaya. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, mandala bakalabaka. Thank you, Jesus. Look at what Paul said in, by the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. He said, "But my God." shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And then he goes on and says, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? So that's what he's talking about. Jesus himself said that, I am he that was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And then he says, Amen. amen. Do you see that? Jesus himself said that. And he said, I am the Amen also. So when you talk about amen, it's my stamp on it. Hallelujah. Amen. So you'll find this thread throughout the New Testament. The epistles talking about amen. Hallelujah. There's a power in it that I believe is unleashed tonight. That the moment we say amen, we mean it's done. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not just some 
subscript, religious subscript. No, it means that it is done. Hallelujah. That was how powerful it was. Can you imagine how close they came to entering the promised land? They were, it was one word that caused them entry. Amen. Just because they didn't say amen, they didn't enter the promised land. Think about that. If they had simply said amen, they would have entered the promised land. But because they didn't say amen, they didn't enter. They didn't enter to possess. Hallelujah. So when you say amen, you are saying that what God has said, yes, is done. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then you go to verse 23 of Philippians 4. And then it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Again. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So there is a powerful word. Amen. When you respond and say amen, that is it. That is it. Hallelujah. That is it. It will bring you, it will bring you what the word is saying. It will bring you what the word is saying. Amen. Amen. So, practice saying amen. Will you practice saying amen? You practice saying amen to the word of God. You practice saying amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right.